Welcome to Book Delight with Chrissy Wright, the podcast where readers can be all kinds of ways and books really are magic. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm an elementary teacher librarian in the Pacific Northwest. On this show, I aim to connect you and the kids in your life to more books you love. If the idea of blowing up your kidlit TBR appeals to you, you're in the right place. It is the last Monday of the month, which means today I have a Reading Raves episode for you, where I share my very favorites from the month. I had a solid start to the reading year. I finished 18 books in January at the time of this recording. My reading has felt a little weird this month, and looking back, I realize it is because I only finished one adult novel this month, which is just wildly low for me. Probably the biggest plot twist of my reading year for 2024 will be that I am reading and loving an 800-plus page Western and loving it. More on that in a future episode, I'm sure, but getting into that big book has kept me from having the time to get to more of the adult literary fiction that I typically love. We also had a big old ice storm where I live in the Pacific Northwest, which resulted in my well freezing. We had no running water for six days and were melting snow to do things like flush the toilet, so... That was a whole situation that took a hit on my reading this month, too. Now, that all said, I did have some real wins in Kidlet this month, and I am looking forward to sharing them with you today. Now, every January, I also experience some light despair at seeing my reading number crash from its highest point at the end of one year to zero at the start of the next. So I love to use the strategy of binging a big old stack of graphic novels. I did that this month, so you will notice I have a bunch in that category to share today. Though, let's be honest, I love graphics, so I am always sharing a bunch in this category. Of the 18 books I finished in January, today I am sharing 10 standouts, seven graphics, and three middle grade. Note that today I am also including a few that were medium for me personally, but that will be a hit for the right kid reader. On this show, we know that readers can be all kinds of ways, and we want to build our mental list of books that might satisfy each type of kid reader. I'm hoping that including a few of the books that were not my personal favorites, but will be just right for the perfect kid reader is helpful to you. We all just want to connect our kids to more books they love, right? So let's get into it, starting off with graphic novels. The first graphic novel that I want to recommend today is A First Time for Everything by Dan Santat. This one won the National Book Award and has been dominating favorite graphics list all year long since it came out, so I do not need to tell you much about it. The basic setup of this graphic memoir is that middle school Dan goes on a trip to Europe with a school tour group and experiences all kinds of firsts. Yes, the European ones like seeing the Eiffel Tower, but also the lifey middle school ones. I especially enjoyed the big-hearted storytelling sensibility here. In this book, Awkward Dan is 
all of us, from fumbling attempts at acting on a first crush to seeing yourself just totally bomb in a social situation but not being able to save yourself either. There is also this weird and fabulous moment at the end where Dan and a friend accidentally sneak into one of the most famous tennis matchups in history. Who knew? This will be a great hit for fans of the graphic novel Be Prepared. Um, this one is recommended by the publisher for ages 10 to 14, but it does include some components like kissing and drinking alcohol that might raise some eyebrows if picked up by a curious second grader, for example. So know your readers and your context, but I would especially recommend this one for middle school libraries. That was a first time for everything, by Dan Santat. The next graphic novel I want to tell you about today is Poppy and Sam and the Leaf Thief by Cathon. Oh, how I loved this series opener short chapter book graphic. I smiled the whole time I read it, and I am eager to gobble up the three others we have in the series so far. In this gentle, woodsy charmer, protagonist Poppy and her panda friend, Sam, work to solve the mystery of who has been nibbling their friend Basil's leaves. This one will be a home run with your fans of Little Witch Hazel, of Sir Ladybug, or of Shelby and Watts. This one is seriously so cozy and lovely, you do not want to miss it. That was Poppy and Sam and the Leaf Thief by Cathon. The next graphic I want to tell you about today is Stories of the Islands by Clar Ancasa. This one, you get to come for the art and stay for the stories. Go look up the cover for a taste of the aesthetics in the art, but have your library holds list ready because you're going to need it. This is a feminist retelling of three Indonesian fairy tales that will leave your fans of fairy tales and of mythology begging for more. I'm thinking this could be a great fit for your fans of the Olympians graphic novel series. That was Stories of the Islands by Clar Ancasa. Okay, the next graphic I want to tell you about is The Untimely Passing of Nicholas Fart by Josh Crute. This is book number one in the Super Serious Mysteries series. For my personal reading sensibilities, this was honestly two stars. But for a certain potty humor-loving kid reader of short chapter book length graphics, it will be 8,000 stars, so I wanted to be sure to share it with you here. The fart in the title really gives you the idea. This is a whole book solving the mystery of where one particularly heinous stench comes from. Did one of the kids fart? Is it something else? You've got to read to find out. It really doesn't get any more complicated than that, and so if that does not tickle you, Easy pass. This book is not for you. But if you know a kid who would cackle from the you smelt it, you dealt it of it all, get this book. Think fans of Does a Bulldozer Have a Butt who are ready for some short chapter book length graphics. You will have a mega fan on your hands. That was The Untimely Passing of Nicholas Fart 
by Josh Crute. Next graphic, and I'm so excited to tell you about this one, is K is in Trouble by Gary Clement. Say hello to my first favorite graphic of 2024. If you like my usual vibe of dark, weird, and funny kidlet, this book is for you. This book is Kafka, but make it kidlet. Like if the Chokey in Matilda were a whole worldview. This one makes visible that kid feeling of knowing the grown-ups have it all wrong and the system is rigged against kids. I can think of very specific fifth grade boys who would know what it is like to be K in this story. Think about a time when you have misread a situation and reprimanded or disciplined kids, but maybe shouldn't have. Think of how the kid felt at that moment in how they feel when that kind of thing happens over and over because it does. That feeling is the electric relatability of this book. I have heard some reviewers a little skeptical about whether kids will like this one, but I think that the strength of that feeling and that point of view are really gonna hit with the right kid reader. This one I think would be a fun pairing for fans of the graphic novel Auto by John Aggie, which is one of my favorite lesser known graphics to recommend in my library. That was K is in Trouble by Gary Clement. The next graphic I wanna share with you today is called Alterations by Ray Shu. This one was a solid three-star read for me. It was not a personal favorite, but because realistic graphics are the most wildly popular shelf in my library, and because I know many of you are also looking for more books in this category, I wanted to be sure to mention it here and get it on your radar. This one also has a boy main character, which is less common in this category, as well as great comedic representation of an immigrant experience, but with that cringe-worthy middle school texture. In this story, protagonist Kevin gets branded as Egg Boy due to an unfortunate lunchbox incident. You get to follow his struggles and ultimately his triumph as he fumbles through kind of the day-to-day -day of middle school, but stick around for that triumphant ending when Egg Boy becomes Wonder Boy. I have some craft-level quibbles with this one, including too many pages devoted to conversations between the grown-ups, but overall, I think it makes a solid addition to your realistic graphics shelf, and I look forward to seeing how it does with the kids in my library. It also has some kind of interesting connections to the recent Newbery Honor-winning Mexi-Kid, so it could make a cool companion for your fans of that book. That was Alterations by Ray Shu. Okay, next is a little bit outside my norm. I have a YA graphic novel for you. It is... Lunar New Year Love Story by Jean Luen Yang and Lei Wen Pham. So I don't usually share YA here. I keep the focus more in my area of expertise, which is elementary school. But this is my favorite YA graphic I have read in years, so I wanted to be sure to get it on your radar. If you loved the big-hearted, vulnerable tone from A First Time for Everything by Dan Santat, but want to make it a Valentine slash Lunar New Year rom-com, read this book. Everything about this one is swoony. Lei Wen Pham's art, 
the yearning love triangle, the vulnerable exploration of family history, all of it. It has a truly unique intersection of story elements as well, from lion dancing to Catholic relics to an intersectional exploration of hauntings. This one is great for fans of A First Time for Everything for its emotional notes and maybe of Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell for its seasonality. It integrates both Valentine's Day and Lunar New Year, both of which are coming up. So this is truly the perfect moment to pick it up if you're interested. That was Lunar New Year Love Story by Jean Luen Yang and Lei Wen Pham. That is all of the graphics I have for you today. So next up, let's switch gears and talk about a little bit of middle grade. The first middle grade I want to recommend to you today is The Liars Society by Alison Gerber. File this one under biggest surprise of my reading year so far. I had put this ARC in a discard pile because the cover art was a turnoff for me. But I got in kind of a weird reading mood while home on a snow day and chaotically picked it up from my reject pile. And thank goodness I did. It is such a good time. It has sailing, prep school, family secrets, secret societies, a heist. It is the multi-POV page turner of my dreams. It is a little tropey in some ways. The plot centers a scholarship kid trying to prove herself among the private school elites. But as a former scholarship kid at an elite prep school myself, I ate this part up. Bonus here, short chapters, double bonus. It is a series starter. The setup for the next book is catnip, but the story here feels satisfying on its own. And I'm so glad we have more to come in the series. I will say that having finished it, my quibble with the cover art stands. The boy on the cover does not match the description of the male protagonist, and overall it gives me kind of a cringy AI-generated vibe, but we forgive because the book is so stinking fun. The real test will be whether the image grabs kids on the shelf anyway, and we shall soon see because this one releases on February 6th. I think it will be a great hit for fans of Forever 12 by Stacey McAnulty or kids who maybe want to read One of Us is Lying but are not quite ready. That was The Liar Society by Allison Gerber. The next middle grade I want to recommend is Something Like Home by Andrea Beatrice Arango. I am going to keep it brief on this one because I just shared it in last week's My Kid Needs a Book episode as a novel in verse, but I wanted to flag it here in case you missed that episode. I have been on the hunt for some huggable, big feels middle grade, and this one delivered. In this novel in verse, protagonist Laura is dealing with a lot a new home, a new school, and missing her parents who are in rehab. But then she finds a puppy and hatches a plan to train him as a therapy dog. You are all in rooting for Laura to find her way. This one packs in representation of some really heavy stuff, but it does so tenderly. I think it'll be a great fit for fans of lasagna means I love you. That was Something Like Home, by Andrea Beatrice Arango. Okay, the last middle grade I want to tell you about today is 15 Secrets to Survival by Natalie D. Richards. 
This one is Hatchet meets Gordon Corman, aka the easiest book talk ever. Now, I have some hangups with this one, and had I been reading it on my own on the page, I probably would have set it aside. My hangups include seeing an outdoor experience being used as punishment, the fact that 60% of the plot is bickering between the characters, a prescriptive plot structure, and some very unlikely or unbelievable situations. So you might be wondering, if you think all of that, why are you recommending the book on the show? And I have a big reason why. Here it is. We listened as a family audiobook, and my kids loved it, begging for more whenever it was time to get out of the car. Oddly, my first grade son was a particularly raving fan, though my fourth and fifth grade daughters really enjoyed it too. Since I am a devotee of noticing what kids love and prioritizing their preferences over grownups, I wanted to share this one with you despite my issues with it. In this story, after violating their school's digital citizenship policies, Four classmates are sent to do an outdoor survival extra credit project of sorts in the mountains of Montana. Oh yeah, it's the middle of winter. Their parents leave them there and go on a cruise. Yes, this is eyebrow raising to us adult readers. And then the uncle who is supposed to be supervising goes missing. So the kids are left to navigate a scavenger hunt of sorts on their own, encountering all kinds of real peril along the way from a tree falling on their shelter to a persistent aggressive moose to multiple encounters with hypothermia. There's a lot of excitement. The things kids will love here include the winter break setting, the scavenger hunt component, the Montana wilderness, and the feeling of rooting for characters who are fighting to survive. This is not my personal favorite, but it will be a big hit with some of my thrill-seeking readers, especially maybe fans of Wildfire by Rodman Philbrick or your Alan Gratz junkies who are waiting for his next book to drop. That was 15 Secrets to Survival by Natalie D. Richards. That concludes this week's Reading Raves episode. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and share the show with your kidlit-loving friends. If you want more book delight in your life from me, Chrissy, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at librarychrissy. You can also follow the show at Book Delight Pod and subscribe to my free monthly Kidlit newsletter by visiting librarychrissy.substack.com. The January edition of my newsletter just dropped, so now is a great time to pop over and check it out. It will include visuals for lots of the books we discussed today, as well as some additional content like books that passed the read aloud test in my library and some upcoming Kidlit releases that I am looking forward to. If you want more book talk from me between episodes, you can get a weekly Friday treat from me in your inbox by becoming a paid subscriber on Substack. For $7 a month, you are helping to pay the costs of producing the show and also get resources like extra book lists, roundups of books that have received starred reviews each month, reviews of books I did not like, and more. This week, I'm reading It Ain't So Awful Falafel by Feruza Dumas. As we settle into a new year of reading, let's ask ourselves, 
What do kids actually like? How do we know? Whatever our kids are reading this week, be it graphics or rereads or anything at all, they are exactly the readers they are meant to be. How marvelous. As always, thank you for listening and happy reading.